Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. My name is Pastor Jeremy, uh, alongside with my wife. Uh, we come in an honor to pastor this great church, and so we're so glad you guys are here today. If you're a first-time guest, we just want to welcome you today by clapping and say, hey, we're so glad you're here today. We're pumped, and how many know this is a great place to be? Juan, come up here real quick. I want to uh, have you, Juan. Are you on FaceTime Live? Awesome. Come on up here, Juan, real quick. Yep, come on up here. Juan Garcia, you can keep FaceTiming. Keep FaceTiming. Come on up here. We have Spread the Joy going on in the lobby. And so Juan, it's a great model. And so look at his Spread the Joy shirt. It's just amazing. And uh, it's, um, it's a little tight on you. but it's, uh, it's, oh. And so we got great shirts out there. <laughs> there you go. That's better. <laughs> so hey, turn around, too. Turn around. We got a great little logo right there. All right. Give it up for Juan. We got... <laughs> I love you, bro. Come back next week. No, but we have some shirts for sale in the lobby, $15 and $10, $10 for the little ones. We would love for you to purchase those and then come serve with us next Saturday. We're going to be at three locations. Uh, next Saturday, we're going to help Project 150 at UNLV campus. We're going to be serving food there at the campus. Uh, no one under 18 can be there, but over 18, all right, we are in. Uh, also, the second place we can go to is Project 150's warehouse on North Rancho, and we're going to be preparing boxes. Uh, for uh, homeless teens that are uh, attending high school. And what's great is Project 150 started because Rancho High School had 150 homeless teenagers attending their school. And so two guys got together and said, let's do something about this problem. And since they've been in existence, they've helped over 5,000 homeless teenagers here in Las Vegas. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be able to um, help them. We're going to help them with serving food at UNLV. We're going to help them with boxes. We'll be preparing boxes. And then Henderson Fire Department, we love our first responders. So we're going to be helping Henderson Fire Department collect toys at Walmart on, Henderson, on Marks and Sunset. So we're going to be in the middle of the city, north of the city, and in Henderson making an impact. And so there's three areas you can sign up for next Saturday. So help us to make a difference. And I got to say thank you for your generosity. We got two ways that we're giving all to Project 150, and that is through the giving box out there in the lobby. It's labeled Project 150. Also, you can go to any of our boxes and write down, spread the joy, and we're going to be giving. Uh, we want to bless them this year because they're making such an impact, but also their cupboards are bare, and so we want to give them non-perishable items that we're collecting today as well as next Sunday, and I believe that Sunday after that. We want to collect as many items we can, and we want to bless them because they've been a blessing to our city. So buy a shirt, sign up, and next Saturday we'll contact you for the different areas you signed up for. and We'll give you uh, different shifts, things like that, that you can make a difference. I got to tell you, the Garcia kids, Juan was up here. They went to a Walmart and there was an organization, I think it was Metro, they were saying, we, we would love toys for children. And so their kids said, you know what, you know, let's, let, me, let me buy a toy. And I don't know if they were apprehensive at first, but they went and had a, a dollar amount. They went and bought toys, and they gave it to the police officers. And Juan and Lindsay were just sharing with me that when they left there, they were saying, we want to do that again. We, we now have generosity in our hearts that we know that Christmas is no longer just about us, but it's about others, and we want to make that impact. And so it's so powerful for our kids to see us serving. It's so powerful for them to be hand in hand. So if you got a little one, you can take them to Walmart and serve with firefighters, and we're going to collect toys, we're going to pass off flyers, and they say, everyone, come, come. So they're expecting 
Avenue. So again, I want to thank you that we are a generous church. We're generous financially, but we're also generous in our time, and time is one of the greatest currencies in this time. Amen? And so I'm excited for that. How many are excited for Christmas? Raise your hand. You're pumped for Christmas. All right. How many already have your Christmas shopping done? Weird, 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 my sister, weird, you know. How many don't have it done? You're Amazoning it, and you cannot wait to go to the mall at the last minute. I am pumped to go to the mall at the last minute. I'm excited for that. On my Instagram this week, I said, um, what's, what, what, who sings the best Christmas songs? Who sings them? And so I wrote some down that people posted on my Facebook or my Instagram. I won't solicit myself, but you can follow me at Jeremy Bosma, all right, J-E-R-E-M-Y. BUSMA. But here's what it says. Somebody said the best songs that we, uh, that, that uh, best um, bands that sing songs is the first one was Pentatonic. Pentatonic. Is that good? Is that good? Is that good? Is that good? They do good, Mary, did you know? How about CeeLo Green? You knew you were going to get caught if you said something, huh? Praise the, oh, geez, yeah. I like CeeLo Green. He does good. How about NSYNC? Somebody wrote that down. NSYNC. NSYNC. Calm down. Calm down. All right. Calm down. All right. Sometimes you've got to sing that song. Whatever. Just I want to see you out that door, devil. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, I wrote that. Uh, how about Michael Bublé? Bublé? Bubbles? Michael Bublé? Michael, he's good. And here's the last one. Last but certainly not least, a big hit, Under the Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. There's one for you. We got, we got, we got one. I was kind of counting on you guys over here, but we got one. As well, we got one, we got one, so. <laughs> now, how many know with Christmas shopping, it can get a little stressful? How many know it can get a little stressful that what we need to do in this holiday season is that we need to handle stress before it handles us? We need to handle stress before it handles us. That if you have a rock on the side of a creek or a lake or an ocean, eventually over time the waves and the water begin to hit that rock and the rock will begin to erode. And the reason why it smooths over or erodes is because that is not moving. It's allowing things to hit it. It's allowing things to erode it. And I'm here to tell you today that we need to take a step and we need to say, you know what? I'm not going to allow stress to handle me. I'm going to handle stress in Jesus' name. When I think about stress, I think about parking at the mall. I think about parking at a major retail store on December 23rd because I procrastinated and didn't get a gift. How many are with me today? All right, how many heard of parking stocking? Where you stalk somebody, where somebody walks out of the store and you can't get a, a spot, so you pull right behind them and you're like, what's up? I'm like Jesus, I'm right behind you, I'm always with you. How many know what I'm talking about? Like if they bend over to pick up something, you nudge them and you know what I mean? Oh, sorry, sorry. But how many have ever been tricked, right? You, you, you're like, thank you, Jesus. They're, 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 they're walking to their car, I'm gonna get a good spot. How many have prayed? before you hit the parking lot, all right? Like, you never pray, but you're praying in that parking lot. When you pull in, it's like, Jesus, give me a parking spot right up front. God, if you're real, God, if you give me a parking spot, I will serve you all the days of my life. I've done that before, all right? And so, how many have been tricked, right? You're following them, and you're like, I got a good spot, right? The presence of the Lord is here, right? And you're following them. All of a sudden, they trick you, and they go into the next aisle. No! No! Right? There's a stress that comes in the holiday season. I love this. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says this. This is a Christmas scripture that we begin to find. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, and it says this. Be joyful in hope. Right? Praise God, huh? Be joyful in hope. That's our message today. Experience the joy of Christmas. But then there's a word that doesn't fit in here. 
be joyful in the hope, be patient in affliction, right? Be patient. Like you got the music going, you got the you know, little piano keys on it. You know, be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. The word affliction there means it was a series of torture they used to do in the old times. So if you look up the word affliction, it meant they would take somebody and murder them, they would tie them to a pole, and they would put rocks all over them, and they would put rocks as high as the person was until the rocks went over the person, and the rocks would cave in on that individual and then crush them and kill them. But the Bible says, Merry Christmas, right? But the Bible says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. That means we need to be faithful in prayer. We could feel overwhelmed. We could feel burdened. But we, you know what? I'm here to tell you that God has a way out. He has a joy and a purpose for your life. He's going to give you hope, and he's going to be faithful to the very end. So how many here want some joy in their life today in Jesus' name? So I'm excited for what God is doing. And so we're going to jump into the Christmas story. So you got a Bible? I got an old school paperback right here. Uh, if you got a Bible, if you don't, get on your iPhones or Android. I cracked my iPhone yesterday, be, be in prayer for me. But we got an iPhone, Android. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a free Bible uh, today here at Avenue Church. I love giving away some free Bibles. But if you go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and if you're there, shout at me, say, I'm there. All right, thank you, because I'm not. Let me find it. Oh, gosh. It's in the last testament or New Testament. Here we go. Boom. I'm going to pretend I have it, but it's on my iPad. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, we talked about her yesterday or last Sunday, God sent the angel, Gabriel. Now, how many were here last week? We go, like, Gabriel's on edge, all right? We don't mess around with Gabriel. A pre- uh, Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. That's David who defeated Goliath. That's King David. He's a, he is royalty. So the virgin's name was Mary. The angels went to her and he said, greetings. Another translation says, rejoice. Rejoice. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, last week we talked about Zechariah. Angel said, you, God has heard your prayers. God has heard your prayers. You will have a baby. And Zechariah said, how do I make sure this is going to happen? He didn't think nothing. He just said it. That's what guys do. I am so sorry. But here's what Mary did. He said, you're going to be with a baby. Greetings. You're highly favor. And she said what she was troubled at this, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Why? Because Mary is a lady, and she is smart. She is smart. How many know what I'm talking about? She thought, she pondered, what does this really mean? Are you saying what you mean? Are you, do you, is he here to destroy me? Is there something wrong with him? Did I do something wrong? All of a sudden, she became, I love Zach, Zachariah's like, okay, I'm gonna have a baby. But Gabriel's like, no, I mean what I say. So Mary's trying to figure this out. I like this guy. Why is he wearing a skirt? That skirt doesn't go good with the wings. I don't understand what this guy is doing. So Mary was troubled and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. You are to call him 
Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of God, the Most High, the Lord. God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants. What does that mean? This is God in the flesh coming to this earth. His kingdom will never end. See, Mary really didn't know. So how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. You know, when God shows up, he makes the supernatural natural. He makes all things possible through Christ Jesus. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One will be born and be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child. And she said she was unable to conceive. Before, verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. And here's Mary's response to all of this. Here's Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this true story, Father. That God, I pray you begin to open up our eyes and, ears to, and our ears to hear your word, Father. Be with me today, and I pray the bears win. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. How many get a gift during this Christmas season? And you get a gift from someone you know. They've had a history of giving you gifts. And when you open up that gift, on the inside, you're more excited, not about the actual gift, but the gift receipt. Is that anybody here in this room? or anybody? <laughs> my first year of marriage, I've been married 10 years. And uh, when I first married my wife, um, you know, we celebrate Thanksgiving. We got married in October. Then we celebrated Thanksgiving, and then we celebrated our first Christmas. I remember I was excited, and I wanted a gift for her. And I thought, what can I give her? She had everything she needed. She married me. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Okay, sorry. And so I, I knew that wasn't enough. And so I went to the mall, found a parking spot way in the back, went to the mall, went to many different stores by myself. I was anxious. I was afraid. And, but the Lord was with me. And so I went to a store and I bought something. And I went to another store and I bought a couple items. I thought, this is amazing. She's going to say, this is the most thoughtful gift I have ever received. I love you, Jeremy, forever and ever. It'd be a good day in the Bosma household. All right, that's my plan. So the Christmas morning came up. We, got, we were so excited, we were like first time married, so I was like, you open your gift first, you know what I mean? Not, no, you open your gift first. And so we get, how many remember those early days, right? It's the, the fire's still alive. Nobody, thank you. Thank you for a hand. People are like, no, All right? And so we got excited. We got the, <laughs> we're going to have marriage counseling after service today. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> Everybody's like, so, and so we're pumped. We're excited. And uh, she opens, you know, my gift first. I say, here you go, babe. I give her a present, and she opened it. And when she opened it, she looked at it. And I got to give you context here. I wasn't always, you know, this, um, this physique before. When I married my wife, I was fluffy. I was a little uh, bigger. Quite agreeing. All right, stop that. I was a little fluffy. And, I, and you know why, though, I was fluffy? Because I wanted to make sure she married me for my mind and not my body. That's why. Amen. That's right. I'm a man of God. All right? Fall in love here. Fall in love with this. And so I was a little fluffy, and because I was fluffy, my mom used to say, you're not fat, you're big bone. I said, mom, bones don't jiggle, all right? Calm down. I know, I know I'm fluffy, all right? And so because I was fluffy, in our first couple months of being married, I would snore, all right? I would just lay there, I will suffocate or something, but I would snore. And so when she opened that gift, and she opened it, her eyes got big, she pulled it out, and she looked at it, and I bought her, all right, from, from my heart, I bought her an atmospheric 
you know, gift where you plug it in and it plays sound from the ocean or from the rainforest or little dolphin. Ah! You know what I mean? <laughs> little things like that. And she looked at that. And I said, I got you that because I snore so you could drown me out. And she looked at me and she said, this is the dumbest thing you've ever. I said, oh, no. Okay, I'm so sorry. So I put that away. I said, I got a gift receipt for that, babe. It's okay. I have a gift receipt. So here we go. Here's the next one. I'm totally going to redeem myself. I went to, if we have any kids in here, we got kids. Okay, he's little. All right, we, uh, I pulled out a gift from Victoria's Secret. All right, Victoria's Secret. All right, because I'm a man of God. She opened it up, and it was, a, um, um, it was pink sweatpants. And I'm joking. And pink sweatpants and pink sweatshirt. And I was like, see, now you'll be warm and comfortable, right? And she said, I don't like pink. I said, oh, man, I need to take notes. I need to figure this out. And so we, we, we gathered all that up. I went back to the mall, returned it, and we got better, we got better deal because it was after Christmas. And we went to Target, and we just, we just unleashed all God's praise and all God's glory at Target. How many love Target? So we went to Target. All right. The reason why I tell you that story is because today we're going to exchange some items that I believe we are carrying some things with us today that we don't need to carry. I believe today that God has given you a gift receipt to say, you know what, we're going to exchange your discouragement for joy. That today we're going to exchange anxiety and we're going to exchange it for praise. That today God's going to do a holy exchange to say, give me all your burdens. Give me your condemnation that I will give you forgiveness and healing in Jesus' name. We're going to exchange for a change. So here's three ways that we could find joy. When Gabriel showed up in Mary, Mary was just serving God, going through life, and he says, rejoice. What does that mean? He says, have joy. Here's three ways to have joy. So if you're taking notes, let's write this down. Number one, know that you are highly favored. Know that you are highly favored. Gabriel shows up and says, rejoice, for you are highly favored. Favor. What does favor mean? The Bible begins to define favor as gaining approval, acceptance, or special benefits or blessings. Gaining favor is gaining approval, acceptance, or special benefits or blessings. How many want some favor this morning? How many want some favor today? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, favor ain't fair. All right? Turn to your neighbor and say, favor ain't fair fair. All right? Favor ain't fair. I want some favor today. I got to boast a little bit. Avenue Church is seeing some great miracles. Why? We have an amazing A-team. Can we get up for the A-team? We have an incredible A-team. We have an incredible A-team. The ushers, the greeters, the host team, Avenue Kids team. You should really join. Hello. You should really join the A-team. Last Friday, we partied like, like we, we partied. We just, we partied. We had to confiscate video and said we can't show that. I'm joking. No, we had a great time at the A-team. Why? Because we're making a difference. We have an amazing worship team, kids area. We have some pretty good preaching. But the reason why, okay, but the reason why we're seeing some extraordinary miracles at Avenue Church is simply the favor of God. It's the favor of God. It's not me. It's not us. It's all about him favor of God, that we shouldn't make excuses for the favor of God. We shouldn't apologize 
for the favor of God. That we didn't receive it, we didn't get it, we didn't take it. We just simply have open arms and say, Father, thank you for the favor of God over my life, over this church. That, Father, I thank you for the favor of God at my business. I thank you for the favor of God in my workplace. I thank you for the favor of God to reconcile relationships. That, God, I thank you that the favor of God is allowing me to be a light in a very dark place. That's what favor is. Favor is God blessing you so that you can be a blessing in Jesus' name. And so the angel shows up and said, Mary, take joy. You are highly favored. If you know Mary's story, she was 16 years old. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph who was a carpenter. And she, she, she was living in a low estate, but she knew she came from the line of King David. So she knew where she came from, but she was too focused on her present circumstances. She knew where she came from, but she forgot her worth. She forgot her worth. That happens to us every single day. I know Jesus loves me. I know I'm a Christ follower. But sometimes I forget my worth. So an angel shows up and he was exchanging her lowest state for the favor of God. Yes, you're in this present circumstances, but I'm going to take that from you and I'm going to give you favor because you are highly favored. God is shi shining his face upon you and God loves you. God finds you valuable. God measures your value by who you are, by relationship, not your wealth, your possessions, or even good deeds. I would rather have God's favor over fame, over fortune, over popularity, over good health. I would rather have the favor of God over my life. We are highly favored. See, last week we realized that Zechariah, he gave the wrong response. So the angel said, Mary, you're highly favored. They get, they, the same angel showed up at Zechariah and said, you're going to have a baby. God has heard your prayers. But he gave the wrong response. But here's Mary's response. She says this. She says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, how will this be? I have the facts. This doesn't make any sense, but how will this happen? This was a language not of her distrust or doubt, but it was simply a desire to be further instructed. God saw her heart, and God said, you are highly favored, but Mary was waiting to be used on purpose and for a purpose. Why? Because the favor of God was on her life. If you're on the A-team, you already know this, but in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we say this over and over again, but that you were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created on purpose for a purpose. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, for we are all God's workmanship. That is you, that is I, we are all God's workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. We're not saved by good works, but God created us to do good works. God wants us to make a difference. God wants us to spread to joy. God wants us to make an impact every Sunday, which God prepared, catch this, which God prepared beforehand. He prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know what this means? This means before God placed you on this earth, he created you for purpose. He gifted you. He created you beforehand for good works. Then he placed you on this earth. 
So many times we think that God has like this cosmic machine just pumping out human beings. Boom, all of a sudden we're here on this earth. And all of a sudden God looks at us and we raise our hands and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I want to be saved. I don't want to be a sinner anymore. I repent. And God goes, amen, I forgive you. And then God goes, I don't know what to do with you. I didn't make you good at anything. Now, how many know that's a lie from the pit of hell? That the Bible, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that God created you for good works. He placed a purpose on your life on purpose. He placed gifts in your life. He made you good. He made you uh, excellent at something. He's given you a gift, and he's going to place you on this earth for a purpose and with a purpose. That's why we have growth track. That's why we have the A-team. That's why we enjoy serving here at Avenue Church. If you get your eyes off Jesus, you'll get discouraged, but if you keep your eyes on Jesus say, God, you've given me a plan and a purpose for my life. God had it in mind before he created us. You might say, I don't have a gift. Then come next Saturday and tape boxes together. Let's make it a difference. I don't have a gift. Then go to Walmart and begin to receive toys for Henderson Fire Department. I don't have a gift. Well, let's simply scoop and begin to serve food at UNLV campus. Why? You were making a way for people to know Jesus and for them to experience new life in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you. Let's exchange fear for purpose. Let's exchange loneliness and discouragement for purpose. Why? Simply so we can say, I am your servant. I am here for you in Jesus' name. I've realized that when we first find God, we want him to do things for us. And that's me right here. When we find God, I want God to do things for me. But when we walk in relationship with God, the longer I've been uh, serving Jesus Christ, I don't want him to do things for me. I want him to do things through me so that I can make a difference. That's the, that's the desire of my heart. Say, God, I don't need to be up here. I don't need to be preaching. God, God, I don't want you to do things for me. God, I want you to do things through me. I just want to make a difference in this world and in this life. I want to make a dent in the city of Las Vegas. I want to make a dent for this gospel. I want to make a dent in our community. I say, God, use me. I am your servant. So the second thing the angel says is God is with you. God is with you. Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. This is a different, different perspective of the same story. So this was all done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and will bear a son. Then, she'll, they, then they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God with us. That in our darkest hour... God is with you. In your hardest season, God is with you. i got to say, it may not feel like it sometimes. We may not feel that, but I'm here to tell you that God is with you. God is with you. God found Gideon. He was hiding. He thought he was going to die. And, and the angel showed up, which they believed to be Jesus. And then Jesus began to say, hey, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. What does that tell us? That God is with us. So I'm going to prove my point with Scripture. So we got a trained professional in the back. Somebody last service, I got to take notes quick. But let's go through this. Hit number uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Say amen. All right, he will, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Romans chapter 8, 31. 
What then shall we say in response to these things? God is for us. Who can be against us? For some of you, we need to talk to Scripture in our heart. We need, when the enemy is tempting you, when you're hearing lies from him saying, you can't do this, there's no way you could operate this way, we say, uh-uh-uh, this is my response. God is for me, not against me. I'm getting preachery look at, huh? God is for me, not against me. You better back up, hater, because God is for me, not against me. Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for this thing? For he will not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. I'm going to jump down to verse 34. It says this, that God sits at the right hand. Jesus sits at the right hand of God, and he is also interceding for us. That God is fighting some battles for you. God is praying on your behalf. God is interceding for you. And we say, God, you are for me. You are not against me. Greetings. Rejoice. The Lord is with you. I, I, I found this scripture. I love this scripture. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 10. This could be your morning ritual for some of us. If you're beaten and you're bruised and you can barely get out of bed and you feel like every which way you're getting, you're getting bad situations. I call it bad luck, but there's no such thing as luck. But it feels that way. We need to say this. We need to say, devil, you could devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. You could devise your strategy, but it will not work. You can propose your plan, but it will not stand. You know why? For God is with me. He is with me. He is with me. I have a great exchange for you today. That today, we are no longer fighting for victory. You understand that? If you watch a movie, Braveheart, all those different things, they're fighting for freedom. I'm going to win this battle because I need to conquer. I need to win because the enemy's advancing. We need to stop having the mindset that we're fighting for victory. But how many know that God has already given us the victory? He came to this earth. He lived on this planet, but he died on a cross. Three days later, he rose again. He cleansed the keys out of the, out of the hands of the devil from the gates of hell. He, he forgave us and paid the penalty for our sin. So instead of fighting for victory, today we fight from victory. We've already won. It's already there because God is with us. Because we are highly favored. And God is with us. God is with us. So worship team, come up here. Slow me down a little bit. If you ever see the worship team get up here, that means I need to close, all right? But we got the worship team coming up here, and I want to share a story as we close today. How many have ever taken the school bus to school in the mornings? I lived out in the country, way out in North Dakota. Some of you guys like, school bus, right? Uh, I lived way out in the country in North Dakota, I would hop on a bus, and the bus would be like a 20-minute drive. He probably, <clears throat> excuse me, he would stop for gas. We would get a snack on the way. It was so far. And so we would go to school. Obviously, after school, get on the right bus, make it on that thing. And the bus would drop us off about a block or two from home. And we lived on the gravel roads. There was no pavement back then in those days. And so I remember there was a kid who was a grade above me. And as we got off the bus, he would yell things at me, taunt me. I was like, man, what's your deal? You know what I mean? And he would yell at me, things like that. He would take pebbles from the gravel road, just little pebbles, about a handful. And he would say, Bosman, he would throw them at me. 
And so first time he hit me, second time I put my bag up, and I was like, man, you need to chill out. And I tried to get away from him. I was fluffy back then too, so running just wasn't worth it. And so finally I picked up a rock, just one rock. And I was like, bro, I'm going to hit this at you. And he threw pebbles at me one more time, so I was like, here we go. I'm winding up, baby. I'm deaf, so I got no aim, so I'm just going to pray this thing. You know what I mean? I felt like David and Goliath, right? I'm going to get you, boy. And so he began to dodge, do a cartwheel, and I threw the rock, and I hit him right in the temple. So he's like, ah, and he went home, called my parents. But I got to tell you this. I wasn't afraid because I got in trouble. I was afraid because of the next day. So I got on the bus, and there he was. He was looking at me with this you know, hater face on. I was like, calm down. I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? It's like writing him notes. I'm so sorry. Don't kill me. So I went to school all day. And when I got back on that bus, I was terrified. When all I saw was fear, it made my day go really long. I had a difficult time focusing, studying, all that. And as I got on that bus, I was terrified. I saw that kid get on the bus, and I thought, here we go. I'm going to get killed. I got to write something. Like, you know, like, you could have all my Legos. You know what I mean? I'm uh, writing a will up. And he gets on the bus. And all of a sudden, my brother, who's about three years older than me, he gets on the bus. He had heard what took place. And so instead of getting a ride home from one of his friends, he got on the bus with me. And he sat down in that seat. And if you know my brother, he's like, a, he's like a gorilla. All right? He's humongous. Okay? I remember when we, we got off that bus stop. He got off with me, and he began to walk me home, this ginormous individual. And all of a sudden, you know what? I got some confidence back, didn't I? Today, I, I, that day, I exchanged fear for a little bit of boldness, didn't I? I was like, come at me, bro. What's up? How are you? I was that little guy with the big guy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, come on, bro. Come get you. And <laughs> he's with me. He's with me. And that kid let me alone. We walked on the road. We had the entire road to ourselves, and the kid walked behind us in the ditch. But here's what I tell you that for. I knew I wasn't alone. That I had somebody bigger with me who was on my side. As I began to pray this week, God brought that story to my attention. I was like, I don't want to use a bus stop story or I got bullied. But God said, I'm just like the big brother. I am a heavenly father who loves you, who called you, who has called you highly favored. That God is bigger than any present circumstances we're going through. God is bigger than any problem we're going through. That God is the God who is right beside us. That he is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He is there with you in this journey you're going through. He is there with you in the hard times and in the good times. And here's my last point. Is that God will never fail. That God will never fail. I know there are seasons where it feels like all hope is lost. I know there are seasons where I don't feel like serving God. But we can't operate on our feelings. We have to operate on God's promises. And that's hard because God is emotional. God loves love and joy and peace and laughter and all those things. But he's also given us perseverance, long-suffering. That we can't operate sometimes on our emotions and our feelings. We operate on the Word of God. That there's many times where I say, God, I don't feel like it, God. I just, I, I, I want to quit. I want to give up. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, stand, therefore. Stand, therefore. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. i got to tell you, as a pastor, many people come to me and they'll say, Hey, uh, uh, Jeremy, will you pray for me for this? 
And I'll immediately, immediately say, what scripture are you standing on? Because scripture is promises of God. I have a six-year-old, and many times he'll get me where I'll say, okay, uh, we've run, we run out of time, we need to get to bed, or we've run out of time, we got to go. And he'll say, but, 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 Dad, you promised. And I'm like, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I'm your parent. But he'll get me and say, but you promised but you said it. And that's exactly what the word is. The word is us simply saying, God, but you promised. Here's what the Bible says about God's promises. Joshua chapter 21, verse 45 says, not, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Not one of them failed. Every one was fulfilled. Here's Numbers 23, 19. It says, God is not human that he should lie. He's not a human being that he should change his mind. I'm here to encourage you today that God has not changed his mind about you. God loves you. And God says, I placed my favor over your life, that I am with you to the very end. I am with you to the very end. We need to search his word and begin to find promises that he has. But here's the thing sometimes about God. Sometimes we think God's a, he's a heavenly waiter and we're sitting at the, at the restaurant. I've said this before, but we'll say, oh, excuse, excuse me, waiter, come here. I'm thirsty. Come here. I'm, I'm ready for, for lunch. But how, many, how, how many would be disgusted if a waiter, if you're like, hey, waiter, if you're a waiter in here, you probably love me right now, right? Hey, come here, waiter. And the waiter went, uh-uh. You come halfway and I'll get your order. You come halfway and I'll get your order. But that's what the Bible says, that God has if statements all throughout his word. It says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So if we take a step towards God, the Bible says he takes a step towards us. He's always with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But when we take a step, God says, I can come closer. There's some if statements. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you seek me, you will find me. Sometimes we read this word, and I'm right there with you. We go, that doesn't make any sense. But if you continue, if you keep going, you keep taking a step, keep praying. I don't know how to pray. Do I pray the Lord's Prayer? Sure. But sometimes it's the best thing to do is just talk. Say, God, I am ticked off. I am worn out. I don't feel you anymore. And I believe God loves truthful prayers. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you make room for me, I'll reveal myself to you. Those are the scriptures where God says, I'll come halfway. I'll come halfway. But there's one area where God went all in. Where God said, you stay right there. And I'm going to pay the penalty for your sin. Where God said, you stay right there. I already got your order. I'm going to pay the bill for you. That don't you worry. You don't need to tip me. I got it all covered. That God went to the cross and he died and he paid the price for our sins. He covered the bill. He paid it in advance. And the Bible says, once you catch this, the Bible says they were saved by grace. You know what grace means? We're saved by grace and by faith. It is not by our own works. We're saved by grace. Grace. You know what grace is? Grace is unmerited favor. Every single one of us here today, we have been saved by unmerited favor. We don't deserve it. 
but we simply receive it in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, that was some good stuff right there. I want to close with this. Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah was the prophet who began to prophesy about the coming of the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. That means God is with us. The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, and that's favor. God has anointed us. He's given us favor to preach good news to the poor. He's given us favor to send us to heal the brokenhearted. He's given us favor to proclaim liberty to the captives. He's given us favor to open prison doors to those who are bound. He's given us favor to find freedom. To find freedom. To settle our yesterday so we can move on with our tomorrows. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console all those mourning Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. And here's the great exchange. It says this, that we are going to exchange an oil of joy for mourning. If you're here in this room and you've been mourning and you've been discouraged and you've been crying tears of pain, God says today I want to take that from you and I'm going to give you joy in your life. Here's the Bible says, I'm going to give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. If you're carrying stress and anxiety and worry, the Bible says, I'm going to take all that from you today. I'm going to exchange it with a garment of praise. You know what a garment of praise is? Where you can't help but lift up his name. Where you can't help but raise two hands and say, I'm so tired of living in defeat. I'm so tired of being lonely. But today, I give God all praise in all glory, because he set me free. He's broken up, uh, that off my life. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, so that he may be glorified. I'm here to tell you, God is he's looking at you today, saying you are highly favored. He's reminding us today that I am with you, and that he'll never, never He'll never fail. He'll never fail. The problem is he's never too early. Feels like he's too late, but he's always right on time. He's always right on time. He's always right on time. So if you're here today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I would love to pray with you today. But if you're here today, and you feel like this scripture, this sermon, this message has spoken to your heart, that you feel like through the power of the Spirit that God is setting some things free in your life. And the Bible says when Mary heard about this exchange, when Mary was encountered with the angel, the angel said, you are highly favored. God is with you and his, he will never fail you. The Bible says that Mary began to break out into a song. That Mary began to lift her voice. And in Luke chapter 1, there's a whole portion that says the song of Mary. Mary busted it out and began to write her own song. She began to give God praise. She began to give God glory. This is what happens when you receive God's favor, when we realize that God is with us, when we know, we know, we know that God will never fail us. We can't help it but to have joy. We can't help it but to stand where we're at 
begin to lift our voice and begin to sing. So if you're here today and you need that breakthrough, if you're here today and you're tired of mourning, if you're here today and you're tired of being depressed, discouraged, or lonely, but you want a garment of praise, you want an oil of joy, if that is you today, we're going to sing together for 30 seconds. We're not going to make it weird, but we want to say, God, I lift you up. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. With every head bowed, every eye closed, but if that is you, I want you to stand where you're at, and I want you to give God all the praise and all the glory, and I want you to